was hit in the air to deep left field. Hayes going back at the wall. It's gone. It's a grand slam. Here's King from the pocket. Flush to his right with six. Five. Going to loop it downfield. And ball is caught. Touchdown, Georgia Tech. With one second to go in the ball game, Christian Leary hauls it in. Riley in the air to left field. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. All right, here we go. Uh, Sol 25 for Tuesday, October the 10th. What a nice day again. Great weekend. What a amazing weather weekend we had for Thanksgiving uh, Day and even Saturday and uh, Sunday. It was just outstanding. Uh, nice to have you with us again on the Kevin Carrier Show. Uh, text lines open, 1-833-401-1440. Uh, the Duke Delburn, as always, is uh, riding shotgun this morning. Duke, how was your Thanksgiving weekend? It was great, Kevin. There was yeah. uh, some great college football games <laughs> on Saturday. I was in the process of kind of doing some moving on Saturday as well, so in and out of the house, and then back home for turkey dinner on Monday after another great NFL slate, uh, although great is a bit of a loose term mm-hmm. on this particular weekend, and then uh, a nice round of fall golf to round it all out yesterday afternoon <laughs> with some of the in-laws and uh, a buddy of mine too back down home. So great weekend. Can't complain. And are you? do you go into the turkey coma? Do you have uh, normally? You have- normally, yes, but since yesterday we finished turkey dinner, and then about twenty minutes later we had to get up to drive uh, to the golf course. It was yeah. kind of like we just went right out onto the links and and tried to work our way through it. It hit me about halfway through my drive home last night, naturally, and I was <laughs> uh, the last stretch, home stretch of the drive was uh, was a struggle to say the least. So I don't know why, but again, so eat like crazy everyone does i mean you overindulge that's what you know that's what the holidays are for and everyone kind of does it but then last night i'm kind of going oh it's like 9 30 not hungry at all but looking in the fridge and there's the leftover carcass and all that nice meat ready to go fresh buns on the counter i have to have one well maybe two turkey sandwiches and i mean wasn't even hungry why so i kind of feel like a little like gluttonous, I guess. I guess everybody does it, though. So, And how about this? NHL season's back, baby. Uh, night number one of the NHL schedule kicks off this evening. The marquee matchup. Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, this is season number 19 for Sidney Crosby. Where did the time go? Just feels like, you know, he came into the league. No, not really, but man, uh, already coming up on his uh, 19th season. Uh, and of course, everyone really uh, wondering and uh, hoping that Connor Bedard can uh, come as advertised and uh, have a have a great uh, start to his career. Uh, everyone watching that game tonight, for sure. Uh, Chicago and Pittsburgh. Well, there's, of course, get things underway tomorrow in Vancouver. Uh basically finalized the roster 
uh, on the weekend. Uh, everyone that was placed on waivers, cleared waivers, some thought that Raphael Lavoie, myself included, I thought he was going to get selected um, possibly by the Montreal Canadiens, being a French-Canadian kid, uh, very uh, team-friendly contract. Uh, but he passes through waivers and uh, is now in uh, Bakersfield, and that's where he'll start. Uh, so on the weekend, you know, Ken Holland had some comments, and he felt that at the start of the year, uh, every year, because he's been in the game a long time, is where you can slide guys through, where they can get through. They'll 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 not get picked up at the very start of the year. When you try to maybe sneak a guy through on waivers a little more into the season is where uh, a roster spot might be open on another team and a uh, opposing GM might snap up uh, that player. But uh, not uh, not this time around for Raphael Lavoie, uh, Lane Peterson as well, um, all now uh, Bakersfield Condors. And uh, Bakersfield, by the way, gets things going this Friday against... Coachella Valley, and that is going to be a neat angle when we uh, welcome back uh, Grant Fuhrer as our co-host on uh, every Tuesday. Grant had a couple of weeks off, uh, vacation, working, everything kind of like that. So uh, Grant will be back in the chair uh, joining us uh, from uh, his home. Uh, and he will be with us from uh, 9 to 11. So uh, we'll kind of get the, all the, the good stuff from Grant. Uh, one, one angle that Grant actually talked about it a couple of weeks ago was Joey Decord. Uh, Joy Decord makes the Seattle Kraken opening day roster goaltender. Uh, Grant said, you know, this guy's going to be good. So uh, it will be interesting to see what exactly Grant Fear has to say on Joy Decord making the uh, opening day roster of the Seattle Kraken. Text line 1-833-401-1440. Stair Farmer with his morning roll call. Good morning, boys. So excited for the Oilers season to start. 36 hours to go. Yes, indeed. Uh... Oilers in Vancouver, and then uh, the return engagement uh, on Saturday at uh, Rogers Place. Um, boy, Duke, a lot of big injuries in the NFL. None more so than Justin Jefferson. Minnesota Vikings uh, is going to be gone for at least a month, maybe more. Um, here was an interesting stat that I kind of just plucked up from Adam Schefter. So the Vikings play the Chicago Bears this week, but they will be without Justin Jefferson. He has 5,396 career receiving yards in 55 NFL games. That's a a heck of a start up to a career. Now, that's more than any Chicago Bears player in their 100-plus year history. The Bears' all-time leading receiver is Johnny Morris with 5,059 yards. How can that possibly be? that a guy that's just playing 55 games has more uh, receiving yards than anyone on the roster in 100 years. Uh, another interesting stat. Tom Brady in his 40s, just in his 40s, has more career passing yards than any Chicago Bears quarterback in history. Another crazy stat. Uh, I, Jim McMahon, um, Jay Cutler, I think, is number uh, one on the list, uh, but unreal. So... Uh, the other big injury, Duke, and uh, you've been pumping this guy's uh, tires uh, well, well, quite regularly, Devon Achan. He's gone for about a month too, Duke. Is that what he's looking at or what, what are we at with him? Uh, I hadn't checked that update this morning. I'd just seen the Jefferson news come uh, across, the, yeah, the four weeks thing. But either way, uh, any time missed by uh, Achan combined with the Jefferson thing is just devastating for my fantasy teams. Uh, who had a rough weekend, but we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll get well into that later. I do have a question for you on that oh, note, though, while no, we're here. No. Did you defeat Jason no, Greger this no. weekend? Uh, 
I lost. I got pounded again. I'm 0-6. Gregor put up a pretty big number at 153 points. So <sighs> I think uh, I got a couple calls last night. That guys are just trying to pillage the roster for global warming. Um, I would imagine I'm in full sale mode starting today. Uh, B. John Robinson is on the block. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is on the block. Anyone wants him, give me a call. Yikes, it's bad. Uh, what'd you make of the uh, Sunday? Did you get a chance to watch this, uh, the Monday night game, uh, I guess, uh, last no, night? No, I, I missed okay. last night's game uh, between, like I said, it started, we were still in the golf course. We didn't get off till about 7.30. We were running out of daylight pretty quickly. And then, uh, and then yeah, I was just on the road for about an hour and a half from Bashaw where we were golfing back to Fort Saskatchewan. So I didn't see a lick of it. 17-13, Las Vegas over Green Bay. You know, it's funny how Vegas has just turned into a monster sports town. Like before, like no one would even touch, like any league, we're not going to Vegas. We're not going. Gambling, no way. And now you got the Golden Knights. I mean, obviously the Raiders. uh, I don't know what's next. I guess I would imagine a a Major League Baseball team. I would assume so. Yeah, in theory, the Oakland you know, Athletics, yeah. but uh, they're not going without a fight even still. So, I don't. I, I mean, NBA, I would assume too. Um, I mean, I, I mean, it's just it's just sitting there. It's just you know, it's just ready to go. So, uh, text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Send us off a note. Did you, did you have enough turkey? And here's another one. Do you like when you do a turkey sandwich, Duke? What do you put on? Do you do? Are you a mayo guy? Or do you just do like butter or margarine? What do you do? For for turkey leftover sandwiches, I do like a little dollop of mayo on there. <sighs> Maybe some hot sauce if I've got the right kind in the oh, fridge. Oh, man. Uh, and then ham sandwiches. Just, uh, I love a nice, a nice spicy mustard, but I'll settle for just a nice little shot of yellow mustard on there too. You just need something to give it a little more... Uh, a little more substance in between the buns, I think. What about, do you put any lettuce on or anything like that? The leftovers, no. 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 If I'm making like a regular sandwich on any given middle of the week, any time of the year, I love garnishing them up. But leftovers, it's, uh, yeah, bun, meat, hmm. sauce. What about what about the hot turkey sandwich? Like, you know, when you, you could go down, they used to have them at all the, you know, the, the dive restaurants. Piece of bread, turkey, and then just smothered in gravy. Yeah. You like that one too? I like that during the meal. Gravy is something that I'm not a big fan of as a leftover. I know uh, it can keep it just fine. Uh, you know, you give it a little stir, let it if it's congealed up or whatever. But in terms of leftovers for Thanksgiving, I'm a I like it as plain as possible, just the meat or ham and buns basically. But I came home with a full uh, full tray of a little bit of everything, even some mm-hmm. stuffing, which obviously my family or my sister who packed it up doesn't know me very well because I don't like stuffing. Why not? I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. I like to, if you have a good stuffing that's made properly, like don't just put some soggy bread in and whatever, <laughs> like have some, you know, maybe a, a couple of uh, cranberries, dried cranberries in there, a little bit of sausage, maybe, uh, maybe, yeah, like some walnuts, possibly real finely chopped walnuts. You got to, you got to have the stuffing, Duke. I mean, come on, I, man. I, I, I get the appeal. Well, not the actual appeal since it's coming out of the turkey's rear end, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that part of it is not, it's a non-factor so, for me, okay. that part of it. It's just, just the taste. It's in the texture. It's not, not my cup of tea. Well, you got to have the nice crust on it. I, yes. I'm not a, I'd rather have it in the, in a baking dish in the oven mm-hmm. instead of in the cavity, but 
I mean, that's it, all good. Uh, turkey sandwiches with mayo, salt, and pepper. Uh, Kendall, now he's on me. I don't know if this is the Kendall that's in our all our draft. It sounds like Kevin is not the team to back for any fantasy draft talk. Uh, man, yeah. Harry says cranberry sauce and everything. Okay, that's where I, I'm not putting any cranberry on anything. There, there we go. We differ again. I love, you like cranberry. I love cranberry, whether it's some nice uh, homemade stuff. We had some of that yesterday, courtesy of my... Uh, potentially future brother-in-law's family they'd uh, had a nice jar of homemade cranberry sauce or just like plop straight out of the can no way. um i'll take it anyway so when you still have the the marks on it from the can when it that's sucks even better out, when it sucks out of the can <laughs> and you see the, the the rim marks on the side of it that's just that's not acceptable i like it oh unreal and a little sweetness to go with the, the savory and saltiness of the rest and you'll of the put meal. that on a sandwich too uh yeah sure I don't know. I think, and then when you think about it, you got to have the mashed potatoes with the gravy. That's just the standard for, you know, the second day after or whatever, but I don't know. Uh, we got to have a jam-packed show uh, once again for uh, a Tuesday. Uh, great weather again. It's going to be a high of 23 today. Uh, looking forward to another solid day. Just doesn't feel like uh, uh, we've got uh, Thanksgiving Day in the rearview mirror, does it? The way the uh, temps have been. Uh, coming up at 7.20, we will... Uh, Check in with Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff. Um, that guy, he knows pretty well every player that's, you know, he scouts guys. So he knows the, the background on a lot of young players. Just had an article out about um, um, all the rookies to watch. So we'll kind of check in with uh, that angle with Stephen Ellis uh, from Daily Faceoff. That's coming up uh, right after the break at 720. Uh, 8 o'clock, Mark Spector, our daily competitor. Contributor from Rogers Sportsnet on the mark for Booster Juice. And then Frank Saravalli, daily face-off uh, as our headliner of the day. And, uh, man, Frank's going to be just stoked about the, the Phillies and the Eagles again. Man, he's a pretty lucky guy. Uh, 9 o'clock, Grant Fear, our co-host, as he's back in the saddle after a couple of weeks on vacation. So uh, we'll check in with Fearsy uh, from his home. In down south border, uh, Grand Fear 9 to 11 as our co host. Howard Balzer, Sirius XM NFL Radio, will be uh, with our pigskin report at 9 20. We're still looking to line up another guest at, uh, at 10 o'clock. We'll see what we can do there. At uh, 10 20, Evan Grant, Dallas Morning News. Uh, man. Well, first of all, can you believe Arizona Diamondbacks? Duke. I mean, these guys are everything is aligned with these guys. I mean, there's they're almost close to knocking off the Dodgers here, up two games to nothing. Uh, Evan Grant will talk about Texas. So Rangers are up two nothing. What do you make of that series? I mean, they're they're a win away here. Couple familiar faces uh, doing some damage for the D-backs in Gabby Moreno in Game One and Lourdes Scurriel <laughs> Jr. in you Game just Two. Hate, you hate Ross Atkins, don't you? <laughs> We could spend a whole show just talking about the Jays saga over the the past weekend and, and a few days prior about, you know, him throwing John Schneider basically under oh. the bus and stuff. But that, that might have to wait for another day because there's so much more um, prevalent topics to discuss in the sporting world. But that was crazy. I, I don't hate that trade in hindsight. Like Marino? The, the, the circumstances dictated it they were dealing from a position of strength and now all of a sudden it's a position of weakness for the Jays in terms of uh, uh, hitting on the right-handed side of the plate against lefties and stuff too but whatever the case it's it's unfortunate that Dalton Varsho gets a lot of the flack because he was the body coming back but yeah man those those are two guys that had especially Gurriel a really great year in Arizona and now they're doing damage in the playoffs too uh, I mean 
Gabby Moreno's like a star in the making, and you can never have enough catchers. I think I would have probably, honestly, I think I would have traded Alejandro Kirk instead. Um, but whatever. Uh, okay, uh, coming up right after the break, we will check in with Stephen Ellis, uh, daily face-off on our puck report. That's on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now, during the Road Ready Sales event, you can save up to 25% on select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until October 21st. Book your appointment at fountaintire.com. Some restrictions Applies. We welcome in Stephen Ellis from uh, Daily Faceoff back to the big program. Morning, Stephen. How's your Thanksgiving, big guy? It was good. Can't complain, you know, other than the fact that the weather went from like 30 degrees to 8 degrees <laughs> in the span of like three days. Uh, otherwise, I can't complain. Yeah, we had it was great weather here for sure. Uh, the Duke is talking about cranberry out of a can on sandwiches. And, and then, uh, I don't know, are you into that? What are you, what are you putting on your turkey sandwich to, to kind of wrap things up? See, I don't really like turkey. I oh. find it to be really dry, no matter okay. who makes it. Sorry, I know that turkey's super overrated. I'm more of a pizza guy. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanksgiving. Pizza for Thanksgiving? Yeah, it, it's good all the time. Like, if turkey was so good, we'd have it more than once or twice a year. <laughs> wow, it's kind of hard. We did two of them in the back alley. Uh, Big Baldy had the deep fryer going, so we just put them in for like half an hour. Two 15-minute birds was just great. So... Uh, enough talking uh, turkey here. So, uh, man, I would imagine uh, you, like everyone else, uh, Stephen, is just jacked uh, for the NHL season to start. And right off the hop, what about this game tonight? we got Pittsburgh and Chicago, Sidney Crosby versus Connor Bedard. Going to be a good one. You can't start the season off better than that. Uh, so I'm, I'm pumped for that one. I think it's great that we get to see him not only play on the first day, but you're getting to play against Cindy Crosby. You had to go have him play against another big star. Like, with all due respect to, like, Minnesota or Columbus, if he's playing one of those teams, it's not the same. So having him go play against a pretty big market and seeing the teams that he has to play against mm-hmm. right off the bat, which is you're looking at Pittsburgh, then you go play at uh, in Montreal, you're going to go be playing in Toronto. It's like, man, you're playing against some pretty big markets right away. So they're throwing him to the Wolves, but that's kind of what we expect from Bedard to be able to play so good. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is this has been a long time. I, I've been watching him play five or six years now. This <laughs> feels like it's it's finally for real now. You're right. I think you know he's had so many eyeballs on him for so many years that uh, everyone's just kind of waiting for this night to finally happen. And uh, here it is, as we're speaking with Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff. So uh, you had an article, Stephen, about the uh, rookies to watch. Obviously, Bedard is the number one rookie for everyone to watch. But um, out of all the teams, uh, maybe let's just start. I mean, you did mention Raphael Lavoie with the Oilers uh, cleared waivers. Uh, did that surprise you? And I guess if the, we all kind of knew the Oilers roster, but so this was the kind of the guy that you had to kind of uh, pinpoint for the Oilers. But just your thoughts on Lavoie. Yeah, the Oilers were kind of one of those teams where there was not a clear rookie who was going to be there all year. With Lova, I, I honestly wasn't surprised that he went through waivers uh, and it wasn't claimed. You know, it's a he's one of the best prospects in the Oilers system, which is one of the worst prospect pools in the league. Um, so I think there's that. I think it, he might be a little overvalued. I was really high on him when he was a junior player. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, this guy could score, he could hit, he could do all that. He just hasn't kind of shown a level that makes me think he's really an NHL caliber player and more than just kind of a depth role. Um, that being said, I'm glad he wasn't claimed. He is someone that I think should play some games this year and should be somewhat of a, you know, a, a guy you could bring mm-hmm. in and bring some energy who can score. But 
realistically, if they had lost him, it would have been like, you know, that sucks for asset management, but I don't think it would have been a massive loss given like, I'm not really sure how big of a player he is in that team's future. Mm -hmm. Um, Steven Ellis, uh, daily faceoff. I thought, to be honest with you, I thought Montreal might take a crack at him just because of being a French Canadian kid. Yeah, you know, they they could use all the help they can get right yeah. now at this point, right? They, they don't have a rookie themselves. After last year, it felt like half their team was like 19 years old. This year, they don't have a rookie either. Um, Arizona, Arizona Coyotes, Logan Cooley is a guy that you mentioned in your, in your article. This guy is going to be something special if he can keep on this trajectory. What do you see in this guy? I think that he's special. You know, I think if, it's way too early to be looking back at that 2022 draft. But I think if we had to pick who would go first overall right now, based off of what we've seen, Cooley has to be number one. But it's just, you know, he's so smart with the puck. We saw that whenever he has a bad game, it feels like his next game is like the best game he's played all mm-hmm. season. He showed that at the juniors. He showed that in college hockey. He was on that University of Minnesota line. That was the best line in college hockey. And he was the driving force behind that. And if it wasn't for Fantilli doing what he did which was so special out uh, with Michigan I think Fantilli or uh, Cooley is is the Hobie Baker winner for sure mm-hmm. uh someone who's just so talented such a good two-way player he's kind of like the as, as close to a perfect two-way center prospect as you're asking for at this age uh and he's so like so much skill you know we didn't see that necessarily in his draft year he wasn't making goalies pay with these great moves, but mm-hmm. his first goal he scores in an NHL uniform is already one of the best goals we're going to see this season. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see what he could do. Uh, in Chicago, obviously Bedard is the number one guy, but you also mentioned Wyatt Kaiser. What do you know about this uh, young defenseman? Yeah, so it's interesting because since I posted this, Kevin Korczynski also made mm-hmm. the team, uh, who's definitely a top prospect. But with Kaiser, it's someone who I think will probably stick around longer. He's got a bit more experience playing uh, against older competition in college. He was a standout there. Uh, put up some pretty good points for a guy that I don't think maybe was super high as a offensive defenseman uh, in junior level. Uh, so it's so good stuff there. He showed some good promise in that little nine-game run he had at the end of the year. He just looks like a guy that could probably fit at best maybe at a second pairing, but he's relied he's not going to be taking a ton of risks and he continues to show a bit more offensive awareness so mm-hmm. uh, I think that he's a nice guy that to have the team I think not a lot of people are paying attention to him some even thought maybe he should go to Rockford but I think that he's uh, just the way he moves the puck the way he thinks the game it's it's NHL level uh, Stephen Ellis uh, from the Daily Faceoff uh, is our guest on the Kevin Carey show Sports 1440 there were a lot of goalies on this list maybe more so than uh, uh, I think a lot of people uh, were kind of wondering about um, can you kind of touch on the fact that the you you know, a lot of goalies made the list in this article. Yeah, you know, obviously Devin Levi is the one that yeah. everyone's kind of keeping an eye on about Buffalo. When will he be the true number one goalie? I think it will be a little bit this year. It might not even be this season just because, you know, you're looking at it as a college goalie going pro. Those typically are a little bit slower. You go from playing like, you know, one game a week or two games a week to now you're playing in the NHL. It's a bit of a different um, form of hockey. Uh, then, unfortunately, a few goalies have kind of been pushed back. You look at Kochekov in Carolina, mm-hmm. who's now going to be representing the Tampa Bay Lightning's AHL team. But that one was just odd that they brought back both Ranta and Freddie Anderson. You know, Carolina now has some absolutely – stellar goaltending depth but Kochekov I think proved last year he's ready for the NHL uh it's been interesting to see that Colorado hasn't gone out and acquired any other goalies because mm-hmm. Justice Anunin is there as a guy that I think kind of really fell down the the depth chart a few years ago and has really last year really pushed himself back up and seemed to get a lot of praise from the coaching staff and the goalie coaches there so I think that that's a guy that will be 
pretty interesting to watch because I think that it's sometimes you forget like you know teams if they're not going to if they're their backup goalie in this case Franco is in Colorado mm-hmm. is going to be out just a couple of weeks or even a month like you don't want to go and throw a lot of assets at a guy that's only going to be there for a little bit you've got this guy who's ready to go use him and I'm a big fan of a Noonan so I think that he'll be a guy that uh, I think people should pay attention to yeah what is this uh, like in Colorado if, if Frank Coos is out for I don't know whatever a couple of weeks so do you think uh, Anunan gets a fair bit of playing time, or what do you see there? Yeah, like I think you know, if Colorado, we expect them to be a good team. Where like Georgiev is going to, in my opinion, going to be one of the best goalies in the league this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to be riding him a lot. But I think with Anunan, it's he's he's done enough in these spurts in the AHL to really impress. Where he seems to play better when he faces 35, 40 shots a game. Now he's not going to be doing that in Colorado with Kale McCarr in front of him, but he's a guy that has taken on nice workloads in the AHL. And I think he's ready to prove himself. So goalies are just a total wild card. I think everyone kind of knows that you look at Edmonton with Jack Campbell, but uh, with, with Anunin, I think that he's, he deserves some good chances at the beginning of the season to show what he could do. Stephen Ellis, daily faceoff, uh, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Um, would you say Luke Hughes is the best defenseman in this class of uh, young prospects that are willing or just kind of waiting to make that move and take it to another level? I'm a huge Luke Hughes fan. I actually played road hockey against him once, and I uh, was the goalie, and I could say that was not a good time. Um, but when it comes to uh, with him, you know, there's the defensive issues. He's not the most you know sound blue liner in his own zone, but oh my, he is so mm-hmm. tough to contain. When he goes at full speed, when he's moving the puck, few defensemen at that age can dominate the power play. I think when you're looking at current prospects, it's him and Brant Clark who are just absolute dominant defensive um, power play quarterbacks. Uh, so he, I think with New Jersey, they've got obviously really good defensive depth. A lot of people are expecting big things from him this year, but I think that him, mm-hmm. he he doesn't necessarily need to be a big contributor right off the bat. And I think that alone takes a bit of the pressure off and lets him just kind of develop into his own game. And I think that that's a really good situation for him. So straight up, yeah, I think he's the best defensive prospect. Mm-hmm. David Yercheck is up there too for yeah. sure, but Luke Hughes is kind of just a unique creature there. Uh, Grant Fuhrs, our uh, co-host on on Tuesdays, uh, so he does the Coachella Valley uh, Firebirds uh, uh, color commentary. I'm sure you're aware of that. And he raves about uh, Ty Karche uh, in Seattle. Uh, obviously, saw him a lot last year in Coachella Valley. Grant did. So uh, what, do you, what do you see with Ty Karche in Seattle? Another guy that really just, uh, you know, he came up in the playoffs last year, played great. Uh, you know, for that time that he was with the Kraken, but another guy that's just ready to take a big, big step forward here. You, you know, when an overage guy out of major junior, especially in the OHL, gets signed, a lot of the time it kind of just gets ignored because it's like, oh, good, he's like going to be this guy who plays in the AHL. But Cartier, again, undrafted, dominated the AHL last year, put up some incredible numbers. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Uh, and then he goes on this good playoff run, gets a chance to play in the top line of Seattle in the playoffs uh, in the NHL, and then goes back for that AHL run. Like, whoa, no mm-hmm. one, I think, saw that coming. So, uh, you know, a good late bloomer guy. That's that's a, a type of player that Seattle needed, given that they didn't have a lot of draft capital to work with, not a lot of prospects in the system. Finding a guy essentially for free like that is huge. And I think that he's just, he's had to prove himself year after year after getting on draft and say, like, I want to keep doing this. This is what I want. And guys like that will have good careers because they've had to fight a lot harder than other people. And I think just the pure talent there and the results we've seen, it's good that he's going to be there to start the season. I Mm -hmm. think he's ready. Where are you at with Shane Wright in Seattle? 
I'm still a huge Shane Wright fan. I still think he was the number one prospect from that draft. But uh, obviously last year, not a great season, really struggled in the playoffs. It just seemed like he struggled to to get comfortable because he went to Seattle, to Coachella Valley, to the World Juniors, to the OHL, back to Coachella Valley. Like he kept mm-hmm. moving around and I felt like that maybe didn't really help his, his overall play. But he's such a smart player. You know, maybe he doesn't put up all the points we were hoping he'd be able to get, but he's so defensively aware where he needs to be. Very smart. There's a lot of things that I think, you know, scouts really give him credit for that other people don't because they're just kind of missing the small things in his game that really stand out. So I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm okay with him playing in the HL this year. It's good they're letting him uh, and take his time there. You know, we're still forgetting he's 19 years mm-hmm. old. He just got drafted last year. Um, but I think that he's, I'm, I'm still very high on him. Stephen Ellis is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Uh, I'll let you say the guy's name in Washington that you wrote about in your article. Um, how about uh, Ivan the Terrible in uh, Washington? <laughs> yeah, Ivan Marishinchenko. So this one's interesting because, you know, all the talk about how good Matthew Mitchkoff was mm-hmm. last year. But Marishinchenko was like his line mate through a lot of those great games and those tournaments. And in a lot of cases, was the better player, was putting up some great numbers, was starting to really show some promise, and then he got his cancer diagnosis uh, in his draft year that really limited his playing time. And uh, he had another he, – he's kind of like Mitchkoff who had a couple of years on his KHL deal, was able to get out of that. So Philadelphia fans, you know, yeah, never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for that, there was a bit of surprise and really kind of surprised people on how well he played um, – uh, in the preseason and Alex Ovechkin took him in as a mentor who's playing top line. So I was expecting this to be a couple of years because realistically, when you've missed so much time due to health issue issue, you don't expect to, the guy to come back flying, but we saw some of his best hockey actually last season. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure where the limit is for him, mm-hmm. but he's a talented player that just attacks at all time and is always moving and it was putting pucks on net. So guys like that, when you got Ovechkin as your line mate, yeah. it's, it's pretty good. Uh, Stephen Ellis, uh, Daily Faceoff, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Is there anyone on the list here that I'm kind of missing that you kind of are looking forward to having a, uh, not a breakout season, but you're really, you're hoping and wondering that he could probably take it to that next level? Anyone that's kind of standing out for you? Well, going back to goalies, I'd say Joe Hofer out of St. Louis. And, you know, I I think he's got an outside chance of this Calder Trophy. I think if any goalie does, it's him because I feel really confident in him to be able to push Jordan Biddington for that starting role. Uh, If you look at Hofer's stats, you know, his surface level stats are not necessarily fantastic but this is someone who had to play 35 40 shots almost every single game for a really bad uh springfield team that just he was doing so much for them uh he's six foot five so he's got the size there uh he's uh extremely aggressive in the net he just Mm -hmm. takes up so much space and we saw that little run last year of him where he was playing really good to the point of like, oh, could he actually be the starting goalie down the stretch for this team? He wasn't. He got sent back to the AHL. But I think just with Jordan Bennington's up and down play, like Hofer could really mm-hmm. challenge him there. Um, and he he's he moves pretty quick for a big guy. Yeah, you know. he moves very quick. And you remember, I think everyone kind of remembers his World Junior performance a few years ago where no one expected him to be that number one. And he took the net by storm and had one of the best World Junior tournaments in a long time, only for Devin Levi to beat that the next year. But uh, with, with, with Hofer, I, mm-hmm. I believe in him. Hmm. 
Stephen Ellis, Daily Faceoff, uh, is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. <laughs> Steve, you've already got – have you done the 2025 draft rankings yet or just 2024? I, I Legitimately, I have. <laughs> okay. I, I even can, have a slight 2026 watch list there. Right? Oh, can we just do 2024 first and then we'll get that, to 2025? That works, that works for me. Yeah, sure. So uh, who, who are you keeping an eye on and who should, uh, I guess, fans be uh, keeping an eye on uh, looking forward to next year already? Uh, well, the one that I think uh, a lot of people are talking about is Macklin Celebrini, who already, I think he had three points in his college debut, if I'm correct, which is kind of nuts for a guy who mm. uh, is one of the youngest players in college at uh, Boston University. Two points, it turns out. Okay. Uh, Cole Eiserman is another one where he's got 10 goals in seven games. He's at, like, I think it's like 13 points total, and almost all of them are goals. And before the start of the season, it was, okay, he's going to beat Cole Caulfield's record of 72 goals in a mm. U.S. national development team program season. Uh, he's on pace for like 80 or 90 at this point so uh he's gonna demolish that record uh the one that i think is very interesting is ivan demidov who another really talented russian prospect who's playing on that same scott st petersburg team that mitchkoff was just loaned out of because mm. of playing time and but demidov's hurt he just hurt his knee and he's gonna be out for a few months and i think he was a, someone a lot of people pegged as if he could go on this tear in this in this rest of the season might be the best prospect in the draft and he's now missing a lot of time and another the one who's missing time though is Aaron Kiviharyu in Finland who I was going through it the first mes- mention of him online in any form he was 11 years old oh. people started a HF boards form post about him uh, so it feels like we've been talking about him for a long time uh, you know if, if you're looking out west Berkeley Catton if you get a chance to see a Spokane Chiefs game okay. already looking really good really strong world uh, or Helenka Gretzky and uh, now he's looking really good in the WHL so it's not as there's no Connor Bedard in this draft but it's a very deep draft already at the top, especially for defense, where like I wouldn't be shocked if 16 of the first 32 picks are defenders. Really? Well, yeah. that's that's a neat uh, neat angle for sure. What about that? So 2025, you got a few guys on the on the radar as well. Yeah. So uh, Michael Misa, a lot of people were talking about him. He got exceptional status. Um, uh, he's playing really good for Saginaw right now. James Haggins, who is a uh, Cole Iserman's uh, setup guy, he's been putting up even better numbers. He had 14 points already this year. He set the record for most points ever at the under 17 world hockey challenge last year, mm-hmm. beating out Alex Ovechkin um, of, of, of a few guys, uh, William Moore uh, out of the U S national development team, having a bit of a slow start, but I think people are excited about him. And then Matthew Schaefer, who was just drafted first overall in the OHL draft, uh, already playing really heavy minutes for uh, Erie in the OHL. Uh, Malcolm Spence, another um, Erie player, another guy that's, uh, just a true pure talent. Uh, he was. I got to watch him play at the U16 level, and very few players were as smart with the puck as he was. So those are a few names to keep an eye on. Um, texture comes in our text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. How about Phoenix Copley in LA? Not kind of a rookie, I guess anymore. He's played about sixty seventy games already. But uh, what can you kind of just uh, give us your Coles notes version on uh, scouting uh, department from uh, Phoenix Copley? That that was such a funny story watching him last year where you look at his re- record. It was like 24 and like I think it was like five or six wins and was put, just winning every game. But he would allow a lot of goals. His stats were not great. But uh, I think one thing with him is he's, you know, you look for a guy with size. He uses that size. He makes it very difficult mm-hmm. to shoot on. And I interviewed an AHL player a few years ago after watching Copley put up a shutout. And he's like, I have no idea where to shoot on this guy. Hmm. Uh, I still think one of the coolest facts about him is he's from the North Pole. Um, but <laughs> yeah. uh, 
yeah. comes to just, you know, someone that has always had to prove himself. He was the backup goalie in Washington a few years ago and then spent like three or four years back in the AHL before getting that chance of LA. And he sees that opportunity. So it's guys like him and Charlie Lindgren out in, in Washington that just got to keep doing that and just take advantage of mm-hmm. your opportunities. And Copley, you know, I, I'm glad he's sticking around. He's 31 years old too. I mean, he's been yep. around. He's been, he's been around for sure. So, yeah. Hey, uh, Stephen, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. I mean, your insight is just off the charts. I mean, you know more about all these young guys and probably anyone that I've uh, come across. So really appreciate your insight and all your hard work that uh, goes into it. it it's, uh, you can easily tell that you know your stuff. So appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. That's Stephen Ellis uh, from the Daily Faceoff for our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Once the weather hits seven degrees for seven days, it's a good time to get your tires changed over uh, check out uh, fountaintire.com. Uh, when we come back, we'll have a little open time with the Duke. I wanted to get to this one uh, text before we uh, go to break. Uh, from the King of Fort Nasty, good morning, KK and Duke. Am I the only one who is super impressed with the Duke's time management skills to be able to harvest, pluck, roast, and devour a turkey and be able to squeeze in 18 holes. Just thinking of that makes me tired. Oh, the Duke. He can, he, if there's anyone that can handle time management, it's the Duke. How do you do it? This is the King of Fort Nasty wants to know. <laughs> uh, to keep it simple, uh, the King of Fort Nasty giving me way too much credit here because I virtually did no time management this weekend. It was a matter of picking up uh, a couple packs of buns before I left <laughs> yesterday morning to meet for the family dinner in Erskine at my sister's and her boyfriend's new place they just bought. Didn't even swing by the farm, and instead of being a good son and going and helping uh, do some combine yesterday afternoon, uh, we elected to go golfing instead. So uh, no no credit is deserved here by me, at least in this particular circumstance, and we have never had turkeys on the farm. We've had a lot of unique uh, critters here and there, but never turkeys. And you're you're opening cranberry out of a can and gravy out of a can. Did, did you no, use, no, no, uh, no. I'm not a gravy out of a can oh. guy. That text came in as well from Harry, <laughs> gravy out of a can, yuck. Oh, but cranberries man. out of a can, sure. I'm all, all aboard with that. I don't know. We'll 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 see. Uh, Duke's time management. We'll maybe get to a little more of that after the break uh, when we come back. Then eight o'clock. Mark Spector, eight twenty. Frank Saravalli. We got a jam packed show once again. Grant Fuhr joins us at nine uh, from nine to eleven. So stick with us. Lots more to come on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Right after the break. All right. Welcome back to the big program. The Duke gets in his daily fix of BA. Uh, Brian Adams. So, uh, Oilers in action tomorrow night to kick off the NHL regular season. The uh, season starts tonight with three games. Chicago at Pittsburgh is the headliner. Connor Bedard, Sidney Crosby. So, it's going to be interesting to uh, see that. Uh, so, the Oilers in Vancouver tomorrow and then the return engagement here on uh, Saturday, Oilers uh, held a skate yesterday on Thanksgiving Day, had a little media availability, and uh, the Duke is just kind of throwing that together. What? Uh, so we had Jay Woodcroft talking yesterday, um, just kind of the general, I mean, with the three guys that cleared waivers, kind of the roster kind of getting set sort of thing. Yeah, the waivers were the big, uh, the main point of topic and a few questions asked to Jay Woodcroft yesterday. So uh, that and a few other topics, we got a little audio to play for everyone in case they missed it on the holiday yesterday. 
Looks like those three gentlemen we talked about yesterday have, have cleared waivers. Uh, what's the process now for sort of uh, seeing what's next for them, or is there anything you can tell us what's next? Well, yeah, I, I actually haven't had a chat with Ken, but I think it's positive uh, that all three cleared waivers. That means they're still our property, and they're three good hockey players that had three good camps. So it's, uh, it's a benefit that they're able to stay within our organization. Uh, I know there's some bumps and bruises you're waiting to hear about. Is, does that maybe determine what happens sure. next with them or where they go yes yeah answer sure my own yeah question. yeah okay. you answered your that. question with a with a question Kulak looks like a player though he is sorry Kulak looks like he's fine to yeah play. yeah I like you asked me I, I think they all look pretty good today in practice there was competitive practice and uh we got what we needed and those players in question they all had good days I haven't talked to our medical people yet but Look, they look good to me. Do you think it's trending toward dressing 18 skaters, 20 players for the opening game? I hope so. I hope so. Um, but, again, I haven't chatted with the medical people just yet, but look like they had a good day to me. You said uh, open competition for the net opening night. Are you willing to say at this point who's going to start for you? Not at this point, but, yeah, I, I stand by my words. Open competition. How is the dynamic between Bouchard and Nurse different than Bouchard and Eki? Well, Eki and Darnell are wired differently. They bring different attributes to the table. Um, It seemed like serendipity when Ekholm and Bouchard were put together last year, but, uh, you know, Eki hasn't even been an option so far in camp. Um, So uh, I think for Eki, what he brings to the table is a strong voice. He talks a lot. He helps shepherd younger players out there. Uh, He's a big man like Darnell. He skates well like Darnell. Um, Gets it through from the offensive blue line. Probably had more offense than most people gave him credit for. And I see Darnell as as a a feared uh, defender in this league. Someone that uh, makes people pay a price. And uh, when he's at the top of his game, he's defending hard. Um, and when he's at the top of his game, he plays a quiet game, a good first pass. And uh, when it comes to him at the offensive blue line, he has a certain skill set too. He can get it through. And, you know, I think uh, he was in the plus 20s last year and had a career year points and assist wise. And I think the big thing is uh, we just want both of them to be themselves. The dynamic of the partner they play with, um, that will play itself out organically. CC was more of a defensive defenseman. Sure, it's obviously a lot. Yeah. So does that change with the other guy? Do you look at him a little differently? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I do. I think, uh, you know, obviously Bouchard's one of the premier puck mover or young puck movers in the game. He put up the numbers that he has. But for me, the, when it comes to Bouch, I think what we're looking for is a continued evolve, uh, you know, seeing some his game evolve uh, where – uh, when I see him at his best was in the playoffs both years uh, where he really competed hard night in, night out. And that's the area of, of his game that he wants to continue to grow is that kind of 200-foot dominance. Um, but when he's paired up with either one of the other two, we think uh, it brings out their attributes as well. How do you think the group reacted to having uh, George Mumford come in and, and work with the group a little bit? Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, he's a great speaker, and um, I thought it was positive. 
That's Edmonton Oilers uh, head coach Jay Woodcroft addressing the media yesterday. So the Oilers basically look like so going into tomorrow night. So you have McDavid between Kane and Brown. We all know that. Then Dreisaitl with uh, RNH and Hyman. So, I mean, that's pretty good top six forward. Uh, McLeod looks like he'll be ready to rock and roll with Holloway and Fogel. So now with uh, Lavoie uh, waved, Peterson waved. Um, Adam Ernie's still on the PTO. We have to figure that out. What uh, we're, They're going in that direction. So you got uh, Jan Mark and Derek Ryan and then uh, whatever they figure out what they're going to do with Adam Ernie. Uh, on defense, uh, so Nurse Ekholm Kulak on the left side, CC Bouchard, Broberg, DeHarnay, and then Campbell and Skinner. Uh, so, and Marcus Niemelainen is injured, so he couldn't be sent down. Uh, because you can't send an injured player down uh, and uh, to Bakersfield kind of thing with the salary cap, etc. And then uh, Gleason was waived too. So uh, interesting uh, how things are going to play out here. And I mean, everyone's so excited to see things for sure. Uh, text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. What are the Oilers start own two? The text lines will be on fire at least. That comes from KCF. Yes, the text lines will be on fire. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, the Duke of Delburn. So did anything like, I mean, we, we didn't really see it. We knew how camp was going to shake out. We, we Everyone knew there wasn't a lot of storylines. I mean, Ekholm for me is the number one storyline because he didn't, um, you know, play any exhibition games, um, just kind of getting back into the, the sense of, you know, getting into a rhythm again. Um, what about the goaltending situation? Did that play out the way you thought it would, Duke? Yeah, I think uh, I was uh, anticipating a big bounce back from Jack Campbell in the season overall. And, and we've seen that through, granted, it is just preseason games, but he looked really sharp. And I think for the Oilers to have success this year, they will need to rely on both Stuart Skinner mm-hmm. uh, continuing to grow as a young goaltender and kind of starting to to take the reins. But also on Jack Campbell, we saw it in the in the playoffs that maybe Skinner kind of ran out of juice a little bit or maybe just lost his game for for a very brief stretch. The Oilers don't have a bona fide number one. They don't have a Vasilevsky, a Sorokin, a Shesterkin, a Saros. So with that in mind, you need these two guys to both play their part if they're going to have success and do what I think a lot of people are hoping for, A, win the division uh, to get into the playoffs and face a a more favorable matchup in the first round, and then have a deep playoff run. You're going to need both guys fresh. Come the playoffs, who knows, maybe one will have asserted themselves as the dominant. But off the start here, I think you're going to be needing to go back and forth pretty regularly. We've been talking about pushing each other, I mean, for several weeks now. If the Oilers have that luxury of both goaltenders, Stuart Skinner pushing Jack Campbell, Jack Campbell pushing Stuart Skinner, uh, this team is in a good place for sure. Uh, The one player that we didn't mention on the PTO is Sam Gagne. Kind of, uh, he's uh, in flux, I guess you could say. had double hip surgery in the off season, so he had one surgery done, then another one done a little while later. Um, so he's practiced with the main group, uh, but he hasn't played any uh, preseason games. Uh, once again, Bakersfield Condors open up uh, the AHL season uh, in Coachella Valley on Friday night. So uh, Gagne saying that he feels close. Uh, he feels close, but he's still got a ways to go. Uh, and also Sam would say that, uh, and he's talked about this for a long time. Uh, the This is where I want to be, his last quote that, that I've got from Sam Gagne. Uh, last couple of years has been a struggle health-wise, but he feels great. Uh, continuing to push, uh, doesn't want to let the ego get in the way anymore, uh, playing in the minors. So he's played over a 1,000 games in the NHL. So, I mean, 
uh, gives the Oilers another option. Uh, if you're a, a, a coach, GM, uh, that, that word options, it just it, go, it goes hand in hand and it gives you uh, the ability to make uh, decisions down the road that, um, you know, that are positive for the group for sure. When we come back, we will check in with Mark Spector uh, for Booster Juice on the mark. Uh, before we do that, we'll uh, time to hit the brakes and uh, check in with a sports 1440 update brought to you by first round watch nfl football at first round monday thursdays and sundays you could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year here is the duke